0: Life's good! Never off! Whoa! Hard! Hardly yes. Come on,
1: Rant! Life's good!
0: Got real close. Got hair high, right? Try and hit two-thirds. Have
1: they no. saved oh. it for her? It. Yes,
0: they have!
1: Ooh. Welcome to Game of Stones, everybody. I am Sean Graham Scott alongside, as always, hello, Scott.
0: Sean, uh, what's up? Any... Uh, any curling happened recently?
1: No, not much going on. Pretty, much uh, going pretty on? boring. Yeah, pretty boring in the world of curling this week.
0: Okay, okay. What about our team, Sean? How How's our team doing?
1: <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so Scott has been on the road the past couple of weeks, has missed our last two Monday night games. We've gone one and one in those two games, Scott. The game last week, we lost on a draw to the button after tied after eight ends against a former... U Sport national champion in Cameron Goodkey. Ooh. This is a very good game there. And the week before, mm-hmm. I don't want to talk too much about the game, but I was playing third and the third for the other team was a Mr. Wesley Ferget and our team won the game. Hey, look out. I don't want to draw too much of a direct line there, but clearly it's because I was the other third that we won the game. That's the only logical conclusion, and that maybe I should be going to the Olympic curling <laughs> trials
0: hey, uh stands to reason, I'd say stands to reason, so uh at our next game, Sean, you're going to be skipping is that uh is that correct
1: well it's going to be a group decision now, I think Scott, because the rule is skip until you lose, and the regulation game is eight ends. And we played eight ends and we're tied. So I, I don't know. It'll have to be a team discussion. We haven't actually come to a conclusion on, on the actual specifics of that particular rule.
0: Okay. Okay. Good to know. Let's, uh, yeah, let's move on talk about some of the, the maybe I'll call it more important, uh, not, not more important to us, but, uh, you know, more important curling that uh, took place over the weekend.
1: Yeah, let's uh, let's do it. So, Scott, I was sitting around on Saturday afternoon at uh, at a thing and I received a texted message from you saying we have to talk about Krista McCarvel. So let's start our discussion there at the Canadian Curling pre-trials, no longer co- called the road to the roar, I noticed, as the trials are no longer called the roar of the rings, or at least not being advertised as such. And Krista McCarvel and Jacqueline Harrison come out of the women's side to get the two spots. But the big story is how Krista McCarville was able to do that. She beat Jacqueline Harrison in the A-side final after giving up up a five in the second end to go down five to one. And she clawed all her her way, all the way back to win nine to six with Scott. That wasn't the most impressive comeback that Krista McCarville had this weekend.
0: No, no. Uh, And it was after the the, the draw 18, 1230 on Saturday game, uh, Sean, I was in Europe and, you know, we were getting ready to go to bed, uh, in anticipate of flying home uh, really early. And I said, Oh, geez, uh, this poor, poor Krista McCarvel, you know, they're going to have to grind it out on the other side. You know, I saw that they just weren't putting anything together. And then all of a sudden, Oh my goodness. they, they scored four in the 10th. Wow. This is crazy. And I was trying to figure out a way to watch it. I couldn't, I, c- I couldn't get onto TSN to, to watch it where I was. And you know, it turns out that wasn't the feature game anyway, but then that I see, Oh my goodness. They, sc- they scored one in the 11th. Like we have to break this down. What the hell happened? <laughs> How yeah. do you get four in the, like, I watched today uh, a little bit of the uh Horgan Fleming game that was the feature game at that time and the update from Kathy was uh for team Zacharias the second third and skip uh all missed shots
1: yeah that'll usually hurt you uh, late in the game when that happens uh, but it is it's crazy it's one of these things where when you're watching a game on TSN or Sportsnet and it's a, an actual feature game situation and a team's down four going to the last end. And they're like, oh, we'll play it out. And you're like, oh, why? I want to see the end of a different different Of a game. good game, yeah. But this is the one in a thousand chance where you're going to get the four. And part of it, I wonder, because again, we didn't have the chance to see it. How much of this is young team, big moment, now world junior champion. So, I mean, they, they can make pressure shots. How much of it mm-hmm. maybe is a, a moment getting to them potentially? How much of it is... McCarville's team putting the rocks in the right spot. And how, of it, how much of it is just pure luck that the sequencing of when Emily Zacharias, Carly Burgess, and Mackenzie Zacharias missing shots in that order, you just get lucky because they're not going to do that frequently. And it's probably yeah. a mix of all of those things in some capacity, but it's just, it really stands out to see a four in the 10th end and then have an 11th end after that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's got to be, some kind of a letdown too, right? Uh, Team Zacharias thinking, okay, we've got this. They're not going to score four on
1: us.
0: (laughs) And then they do. And then to try and regroup and come back in the 11th. And they did show Mackenzie's last shot on TSN. And she did have a shot, a double, and she moved the second rock just quite not far enough. So like, just kind of a, oh no, what happened? And then, you know, the, in the game, was it later that night? The, they had no chance, right? They had no chance to no. to bounce back from that. You know, you, mentally, you're sort of feeling, oh, no, what's what's happened to us? And the, it, it, it kind of just got away from them at the end of the game. I think the mental uh, the fatigue really sat, set in uh, by yeah. that point. So uh, a real real tough out for this young team who showed quite a lot this week, played better than I thought they might, but... You know, Krista McCarville, never quitting. I don't know. It's 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 nice. I mean, I I like that team. We like that team, and yeah. to see them go through that that grinder to get to the B final would have been pretty tough.
1: Yeah, it it really was stacked. I think in favor of the teams that win those A side semifinal games, and we actually see it on both the men's and the women's side, where the winners of the two semifinals end up getting the two. Spots. And obviously, mm-hmm. one of the winners was guaranteed the spot, but it, it also does make it seem like now it could be an anomaly and you do have the chance to come out the other side. And I, I agree that the teams that finish higher in the standing should have some form of advantage. There should be a benefit for having the better week going into the playoffs. So I don't mind the format. It is just interesting to see that uh, the teams that lost those A finals were able to come back and win the B final and, and those quarterfinal games. You're right. This is Zacharias, you. you go through you have that struggle and then you give up a steal of two steal of four uh, in the eighth and ninth end in that game it's just that's a learning experience for them they're going to come back probably even stronger from it and Mm -hmm. the difference though is i mentioned it jackie harrison and her team they give up or they score five in that a side final in the second end to go up five to one then give up a two give up a steal of two and then another steal, and, and just like that, they're losing the game at the fifth-end break despite scoring a five in the second end, and they're able to come back. I wonder if part of it is they were able to sleep on it too, get out of the mm-hmm. rink, go back to the hotel, just basically sleep off that game, come back on Sunday, uh, but all credit to them, and all credit to Chris McCarville's team, and, and Scott, we, we've talked about it so often on the show when they go to a Scotty's in terms of just pure raw talent, we think they're as good as anybody else in the country. It's just the reps that they don't get because they don't play as much as everyone else on tour. And I I do wonder how much this will help them going into the trials, having this big event on the arena ice. We've, you know, she's had good results at the trials before after coming through her pre-trials. And I think this field is a little more gettable then the 2017 or certainly the 2013 fields were, uh, is sort of how I might assess it, but we'll, we'll obviously have to see how it plays out, but I, I'm very excited to see how they do out in Saskatoon.
0: Yeah. I think you can never count them out of an, a, a big event, right? I, I, they're not going in as the favorites certainly, but they can play with anybody yeah. there and, you know, it's going to take maybe some faltering from a couple of other teams uh, them also playing as well as they can. You know, we, we see them finish second in a Scotty's field, third, fourth, like almost every time they go. So they've got the talent, like you say. It's just going to be, if they can put it all together in, in that one week. What we saw in 2017, you know, they were in the hunt for that last playoff spot, maybe a tie break, lost their last draw. Krista herself has been, this was her fourth pre-trials yeah. uh, event. Uh, has made it to the trials twice, three, three this times. A third,
1: third, this will be, a th- yeah, third time through the pre-trials, third trials appearance.
0: So third trials appearance uh, for Krista herself, second for this team. I, I really don't want to count them out, especially we've, we've seen with, you know, Brad Jacobs come through and the pre-trials and win. Uh, yeah. We've seen, you know, a team like Sherry Madaw get to the final. Yeah. Uh, I think they came through the pre-trials. Maybe I'm wrong.
1: The The Morris... Team the,
0: the yeah the john 20, Morris team yeah. that was uh sort of the the remnants of i guess it was uh jim cotter's team right yeah they came through and uh made the final there uh in 2014 so yeah, yeah it's definitely possible uh, they can definitely do it yeah and I, I i mean i was just gonna look at the field for the trials right now but uh i i think they've got as good a chance as anyone
1: Yeah, it's all the usual suspects who who you would think are going to be there. But if you look back at the 2017 event, she goes four and four there. But as a team, they had the highest shooting percentage out of all the Mm -hmm. women's teams during the week. And like with so many other times that we've seen them, she had a couple of tough losses early in the week. Now, she won her first game, but lost to Casey Scheidegger in draw four and then lost only by two to Rachel Holman in a 4-2 game so nip and tuck she can play with everybody there it's, it's going to yeah. be interesting now again short event you can't get off to a tough start You, you it's hard to carry losses earlier in the week through this Yeah, but it, it's going to be a lot of fun to see them there and I think the Saskatoon crowd will get behind them a little bit
0: I think so I think so yeah strange to see them wearing blue at this event uh, I was, <laughs> I was like what's going on what team is this but uh, you know, they'll, they'll in theory be wearing that same blue or maybe a different color because uh, we, we heard with the last trials, Brendan Botcher's team, I think the, the teams that come through the pre-trials get the last pick yeah. of uniform colors. So, you know, may, who knows, maybe they pick a dark green to, to come Northern Ontario proud. But uh, anyway, uh, the, well the other the other thing I wanted to say about uh, team McCarvel that I when I was watching the games today, I feel like they they maybe all went to the same optician and got <laughs> the same glasses. Team glasses. I kinda like this. We uh you know, we talk about the, the uniforms for the teams, you know, they've got a match. Yeah. Let's let's match the accessories too. I thought that was uh that was neat.
1: Yeah, why not? Uh, we could add that to the World Curling Federation rules on uniforms. <laughs> if more than one player has to wear glasses, they must wear the same glasses.
0: Yes. Yes. Which, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it might be tough given, you know, you and me, my, my prescription is much, 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 (laughs) much worse. (laughs) So, um,
1: so, uh, yeah. So congratulations to Chris McCarvel. It will be great to see them there. Congratulations to, to Jacqueline Harrison and her team out of the Dundas Valley golf and country club aptly named as it is in dundas ontario they won the final spot in the trials beating corinne brown and her team nine to two yesterday afternoon so that's sunday afternoon Mm -hmm. and they will get that spot scott i I had high hopes for corinne brown i think that's a good week for them to get through and get into the b-side final and uh, so, so certainly no shame in that i would expect them to be a presence as we look ahead four years in the next cycle, but mm-hmm. in the moment right now, great for Jacqueline Harrison and her team. You know, Ali Flaxey on this team; she has skipped in Scotties as a uh, as representing Ontario before. Lynn Kreviazik, the Kreviasik family, we we know certainly locally, but they've had a presence uh, in various events for a very very long time. So, uh, this is a really good team. I, they're probably going to go in as the team that. People will look at and expect to be at the top uh, at the bottom of the table excuse me at the end mm-hmm. of the week but that's certainly not a guarantee they're good enough to compete here uh, as well yeah
0: I, I think so they they had like a great week the only team they lost to was team mccarville so uh definitely we're, we're good at playing uh the teams that are sort of at their level or below didn't really have any close games through the round robin i think the, the loss to McCarvel was only by one, so that would be the closest. But uh, they won by th- three points or four points in every other game. Uh, and then, you know, nine to two in the final against uh, Corinne Brown. We talked about that grind of of going through the playoffs. So, you know, by... Uh, I, I, I think it was, it was really tough on the teams that lost that... Uh, th- those two one games, because then they had to come back later that night and play against a team that had rested all day. Mm. Now, maybe you can say, Oh, they know the ice better. But eh, I don't know. That, I, it's really it tough. Might, that's really tough to play too. And then you have to try and get up for another game in the morning and then another game that the next afternoon. Like you you gotta win two more just to get to the final. And then so anyway, I, I think that's that's really tough. And we saw both teams that lost those one, two games go down in the quarterfinals the next day, Suzanne Burt and uh, Zacharias that we already talked about. So for Corinne Brown, yeah, a great week, putting everything together. I think you're right. They'll be there uh, at the trials in the next uh, next quadrennial. So yeah, like I, I'm trying to think of what other storylines came out of this. Uh, at Team Harrison I guess that's what we were talking about. Hey, my, my, my brain is all over the place. I had a bit of a nap today. But it's uh, so a team Harrison to come through. We've we've seen Ali Flaxi on the national stage before. We've seen Lynn Kreviazek there. So they, they're a team that can do it. I, I wanted to see their statistics for the week just to see if there was any uh, noticeable weaknesses uh, on their team. Because it seemed to me like they were quite good at uh, junking things up you know they were good at getting yeah. those big scores and the steals they they had 19 stolen ends this week so uh that's, pretty good. that's really good wow they didn't give up any threes or greater so <clears throat> minimizing the damage capitalizing when they had the opportunity i think that's what what they're going to have to do at the trials to to go forward but i think yeah yeah i handicapped them probably uh bottom of the field
1: yeah i, I think that's where we'll Probably look at them to be, but again, uh, as, as you say, they, there's some good overlying numbers there, and they have a good chance to uh, to break some hearts once we get to to Saskatoon. So let's uh, shift our attention over to the men's side, where we also have our two additional representatives or our two additional teams that will be at the trial's first team to qualify was Jason Gunlickson on a last rock draw. In the morning game, about noon local time, Jason Gunnickson steps into the hack, makes a draw to the forefoot in a tie game, facing two against Tanner Horgan slash Jonathan Buke. They really have to decide what their name is going to be. Curling Canada seems to want them to be Team Horgan. They seem to want to be Team Buke. So I guess we should go with Team Buke. So Gunnickson makes that draw to the forefoot, fired up when he makes it, uh, lets out a, a big cheer. He earns his spot in the roar of the rings as does tanner horgan later that night beating glenn howard 7-4 to in the last game of the event howard had beaten pat simmons and his team of young guns earlier in the day to get through so congratulations to team buke and team Gunlickson. scott this was really messy in one of the uh one of the pools over in Pool B here, you had three teams that finished tied at 4-2 and two for second place behind Glenn Howard, who went 5-1. and one. So it was Fleming, Tardy, and Flash, and Colton Flash and his team are eliminated based on the head-to-head matchups there with no tie breaks. Uh, one of the first times that Curling Canada has had this kind of structure. But we don't mm-hmm. see a tie break. So it's sort of a tough week for Colton Flash uh, or a tough way to be eliminated, certainly for Colton Flash, given that those guys were at the pre-pre-trials with a chance to get direct entry to Saskatoon. They missed that and then missed out here on tie break. So uh, really tough week, but it shows how, how tight this field was and how good these teams were that you, you get that group together at four and two. Uh, and then you see the, the bottom half of that pool really struggled to kind of only beat each other, frankly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then over in Pule, it's not quite as bunch, but you do see a similar separation there where the top three plus Mike Fournier were separated themselves. and were clearly the best ones in the pool there. So a uh, lot of talent there and you know, tough work to get out of this event. So good job by Horgan and Gunlickson to do so. I don't know, Scott. Would, how do you how would you handicap either of these two teams looking ahead to Saskatoon?
0: Well, I think I think what we have to talk about first, Sean, with Jason Gunlickson is he they scored 12 points in one game. I, I that's yeah. to me that's like uh, crazy that they <laughs> that they were able to score 12 points in a game. Uh, like he he's always been more about controlling the hammer. And making sure that we have the hammer at the end. It doesn't matter if the game is close. We just need to have the hammer at the end. And I'm looking at their their scores they put up. Was a 7, 9, 12, 8, 5, 4, 8, 9. This, this seems to me like a new team Gunlickson. A more aggressive team Gunlickson not having been able to watch uh, any of <laughs> any of the games this is sort of the the what i'm seeing uh, from the outside i think if they take that approach to play against what i'd say the, the better teams uh than we're in this field as a whole they're they're sort of playing on a knife's edge cuz when jason's on and he's making his shots they can beat anybody playing that style but if he's a little bit off, you know, we could see something like, like the game they played against Mike Fournier, where they lost eleven to four, right? Um, yeah. Giving up big steals. So, uh, and that was a, a game where Jason only curled sixty nine percent. So, I that's, I, I'm very fascinated to see how this sort of more aggressive Gunlickson team will perform against the better teams, or will they revert back to a more defensive style and try to just hang in there? Because I think Jason, you know, giving him the ability to play every shot early in the game prepares him better to make that shot at the end of the game, right? If you've been blanking every end and now you've got to make a hard draw, now you're you're doing it cold as opposed to, oh, I've got a feel for my draw weight. Uh, what, do, what do you think of that?
1: No, no I agree. I, I, I did like some of what I saw from this team. I didn't like the game against uh, Vincent Roberge that I saw them play, there was just too many little mistakes. There was moments where it's clear that they want to play the high, hard one, and that's what their default is always going to be. And that's not necessarily wrong, but sometimes it feels like their preference for that does lead them into trouble where drawing might be a safer play or even board weight sometimes can be a safer play. So, I I wasn't overly thrilled with some of the things I saw from that perspective. He only had the hammer in the first end twice out of the eight games. So we talked about that going into it. He still struggled to get that early in the game. And again, for a guy who, who is so key on maintaining hammer control, I I know you want it even ends, but you also don't really want to give it up in the first end uh, because you're not likely to go through without any blank ends. So it's, although that happened in the final uh, that, that he got the spot in, but it's mm-hmm. one of those things where if you're going to almost punt on it, then sure. And, but you have to make sure that everyone scores every end. And that's so hard with those teams and what we've seen in the past at trials, and it was more noticeable in 17 than it wasn't 13. And it was more noticeable in 13 than it was in nine is that these teams seem to get tight and they get more conservative in their shot calling and mm-hmm. scores will go down. So, if no one, if the other side is less willing to match up with you and to go with that, and they have players who are more precise in making those high weight peel shots, getting rid of multiple stones and the shooter at once. It's going to be really hard for them to to pull that off. So I, I frankly would expect them to have similar outcomes to what we've seen in the last couple of briers.
0: Okay, okay. Uh, looking at their their overall numbers on the week, they have 18 stolen ends uh, out yeah. of 77 ends played. So that's that's like I don't think of Jason Gunlickson as a, the team that's going to steal you to death. Now, obviously, right. the the game against Glenn Howard, which we can talk about where they they stole the last three ends or four ends uh to to win that game that was the a final just pretty incredible right like uh I guess that wasn't the a final that was the semi final uh but yeah they they stole eight nine, and ten to win yeah. it's it sort of blew my mind when I saw that i th- i thought oh that's that's how they're winning really huh <laughs> yeah like i I just wasn't expecting it so yeah, if they can take this and transition it into the uh, the trials, they're going to scare some teams, right? Like Gunner can play with anybody. He can, yes. I'm intrigued by it.
1: Yeah, so uh, it will be interesting to see them there and see how they stack up with the teams, again, who we've seen them play in the past couple of Briars. Uh, now, someone we haven't seen at a Briar before in... uh, on the team proper. It had been an alternate, but Tanner Horgan throwing the fourth stones.
0: Yeah, and he was skipping two.
1: So we got Tanner Horgan will be there, and his team with Jonathan Buke, Wesley Frigette, and Scott Chadwick playing out of Kingston. They are there, as I said, beat Glenn Howard in that last game. This is going to be New sledding for Tanner Horgan, and I I think all these guys. I don't think any of them have ever been at a trials before. So they'll be coming in as the new kids on the block in that front. Uh, But certainly we've seen all of them at various points in their careers, compete at the high level. They're going to be, I think, the massive underdogs going into that event, and it'll be fun to see them there and uh, whether or not they can pull off some upsets over the course of the week and and put themselves in a position to maybe – grab one of those three playoff spots.
0: Yeah, they they played lights out, Sean, in that game against against Howard last night. Uh, We talked about it on the women's side, on the men's side. You know, we saw Team Howard had to come back uh, losing that 1-2 game. It had to come all the way back through to get to this B final. So that's three extra games. Just, uh, I guess they just couldn't put it together at the end. And uh, Team Horgan shot uh, out of out of this world, 92% as a team, Tanner yeah. himself, 94, Jonathan Buke at 98%. When you've got the third on another team putting up those kind of numbers, you're not going to win many games. Uh, <laughs> and it also in turn made Scott Howard's shots a lot more difficult. And as a consequence, his percentage was down at 73. Uh, team Horgan on the week, we talked about it going in, uh, preventing steals being the most important thing. Uh, they gave up one stolen end.
1: Yeah, that's pretty good.
0: So when you're doing that consistently, you're, you'll be winning a lot of games. Yeah.
1: So, uh, so yeah, so if they can keep that up, you don't give up steals, you're going to win. So see if they can keep that mm-hmm. up at the trials. Going to be a little harder though at the trials. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, some tougher competition, but you know this team they've they've got the parts there. Like uh, yeah. it's just about putting it all together and uh getting some reps so I- i'm excited to watch them there i i would also have been excited to see glenn howard just the the sort of veteran presence i like watching their team but uh team horgan well earned and good to get a young team in there to get a taste and hopefully uh, build on this experience going forward for the next four years
1: yeah it's kind of crazy though that it to me at least in that Glenn Howard has done everything that Glenn Howard's done. I but I think this team has a better chance to win the trials. Not that I I think not that I would pick them necessarily to win, but Glenn Howard would be good. It would be competitive. But these guys, you know, they're more on the upside. And I, and I want to say something else too about okay. Glenn Howard, though, is that Glenn Howard that I've seen per, on the periphery. I don't pay too much attention to like Facebook posts and stuff, but that there's, there's apparently a segment of the curling fandom that just wants him to retire and give his spot to younger players. My position would be if, if Glenn Howard can keep winning, then K- Glenn Howard can keep playing until he's, he doesn't win anymore. Until he, yeah. <laughs> you know, if, if a young team wants to take his spot, beat him. Beat him, beat him. yeah. And uh, as long as he's beaten you, then don't complain about it. That would be my position there, so.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's, uh, yeah, that's kind of like, Oh well, don't swing at a three-zero pitch because you might hit a home run and like hurt our feelings. Well, if you don't want me to swing, throw a good pitch and I won't hit a home run, right? Or like,
1: yeah, get get me out.
0: Yeah, get me out. Sports. That's it. Yeah. Oh, you're winning by too uh, much. Sh- yeah, <laughs> no.
1: Yeah, no. So, uh, so there you go. So that's the ins and outs of the pre-trials event in. Liverpool, so as we said, the fields are set for the 2021 Canadian Olympic Curling Trials. Scott, let's shift our attention now over to what happened in Beijing, the Wheelchair World Curling Championship. Scott, you were unable to join me for the preview of the World Wheelchair Curling Championship. Uh, So we didn't make picks for that, but your champions are China coming out and winning as the host team, beating Sweden in the final in an extra end. They were able to steal the win from the Swedish side. So Heito Wang is your new world champion skip for the wheelchair discipline. Uh, big congratulations to Sweden, though. They were relegated in 18, didn't make it in 19, and had very strong finishes uh, last year and then a silver medal yeah. this year for Sweden. So uh, a good job by them. And I think as we go into it now, Scott, China has won two of the last three world championships and going into the Paralympics in March, we're going to have to be looking at them as the favorites for the gold medal as the host squad. Uh, This event was played, as we said, in the ice cube, which will host the curling and uh, all the curling disciplines for the winter Olympics and winter Paralympic games in the new year, so it'll be a fun environment going in there with, uh, certainly during the Olympics, it'll be fun when the Chinese teams are playing, but now you got the favorites on the Paralympic side being the the host squad. It's always fun when the host team has a a really good chance to win a gold medal. Yeah,
0: for sure, for sure, and we saw also, I I listened to a bit of your preview, Sean, Uh, we saw a couple teams qualify to get in to the Olympic field. Is that right? Latvia and the US?
1: Yeah. So, th- really, the only, the, the more I, I, we released the show and I thought about, it, I even cut some of the stuff that I said in the show. Uh, but really, the only possibility of a team in the field to not qualify uh, was the United States. Uh, right. Really, it would, I don't think there was a scenario in which Italy qualifies the United States qualifies, but somebody like Latvia is out because Estonia wasn't there. If Estonia had been there, the math would have been very different. Right. But since all those teams above the Americans and the Italians were also ahead of Estonia, Estonia was the one that risked dropping out. Okay. So the Italians had a tough week. They get relegated. They will not qualify or have not qualified for the Paralympics. The United States did stay ahead of Italy. So they do secure the final spot Uh, and Estonia who watched, I'm sure, with bated breath over the course of the week, the results of both the Americans and the Italians. So th- they are in despite not participating. So the field of 12 is set for the 2022 Paralympic Games with uh, Estonia on the points being the last entry, the, the 12th entry, and Italy not quite making it in.
0: Right, right. So congratulations to those teams. The United States had a great week, 8-3, uh, and three. They beat Canada, I think, in the first game. I, yeah. I think pretty fun event overall. Just one other quick note from the
1: wheelchair event. In terms of points, we talk about, you know, obviously scoring more points than the opponent is better. The Chinese and the Sw- and the, the Chinese and the Swedes were both plus forty four over the course of the week. And that's thirteen points yeah. better than RCF. Uh, And just an incredible efficiency in their ability to score and their ability to score multiples uh, throughout the course of the week. You don't see as many blanks in the wheelchair discipline as you do in the traditional four person game and, and their ability to maintain that dominance of the scoreboard. Very impressive. So they were full fair for that gold medal match congratulations uh, the defending world champions uh from an unknown country uh they end up winning the bronze medal over the americans uh, who as mentioned finished fourth so we would expect a lot of these teams a lot of these lineups to be the paralympic teams uh haven't seen too many formal announcements though given that this just happened uh, so we'll see if anybody wants to rejig their lineups uh, and how it'll all play out. I, I would certainly expect the Canadian lineup for one to stay the same. I'd be surprised if there is a significant change there, but uh, we'll, we'll have to see. We've uh, we've reached out and we're going to see if we can get some more in-depth coverage or discussion about all that went on in Beijing. So uh, keep an eye on the feed for that over the next week or so. See if we can get that one out to you uh, as soon as we can. Scott, uh, let's also note that... The United States, not only did they qualify for the Paralympic Games this week, they determined their mixed doubles representatives for the Olympic qualifying event as the United States has not secured their Olympic berth in the mixed doubles discipline. And it's going to be Chris Plies and Vicky Persinger representing the United States at that last chance qualifier Congratulations to them. It's uh, it's not the Hamiltons this time. It's it's going to be a new team, but uh, certainly we've seen both of them represent the United States before. Going to be a very strong team, and I think they'll be favorites heading into that last chance qualifier.
0: Yeah, and uh, Corey Anderson or Corey Dropkin and Sarah Anderson, uh, I, fin- I think finished as the number one team in the field and lost the one-two game and then the semifinals. So uh, tough for that team, who we've seen participate uh on the international scene as well. Holy cow, I'm looking at the standings now. Very, very crowded field. Uh John Schuster and <laughs> and uh Corey Christensen as well uh you know who I think got a bronze medal in twenty nineteen. They didn't play twenty twenty worlds, right? Twenty nineteen.
1: That sounds right. <clears throat>
0: uh yeah just a, a, a cool event that I seem to have missed. Uh, but yeah they i think uh, they'll be well represented by uh vicky and and chris
1: uh, a couple other things scott uh, the f- next grand slam kicks off i believe this week uh so it's going to be another triple knockout format uh the usual suspects are there i don't know if anything has happened over the past few weeks to make us really rethink the field this is really the last tune-up before we get into the euros before we get into the canadian olympic trials before we get to the american olympic trials uh, this is the last big tour slam events before we get really into the the core of that olympic qualifying season uh, any expectations for the slam this week
0: yeah i think it'll be fun to look at who is uh playing well you know going into those trials qualification processes uh, we talked a bit before about how does it correlate, does it not? A slight correlation to how you perform uh, at the Olympics. Uh, so yeah. we'll see you know, if the teams that are hot leading up to this are able to uh, do well at their national events.
1: As we look at it here, it's, it's one of these things too, Scott, where... I'm, I'm sort of struck as the discussion we had a few weeks ago, like, does it really matter? And, you know, as we said, Gushu won a couple in 2017 and, and lost the semifinal of those trials. So it's, yeah, it's hard to know what the correlation is, if, if any, but it'll be, it'll be fun to watch. It'll be fun to see if there are teams trying things, uh, trying to make changes, uh, you know, what, what things are they going to be working on uh, in addition to trying to win this event. Uh, so, so it'll be fun. Uh, so just to run through the field really, really quick. Uh, on the men's side, it's the we'll run through the first-round matchups. It's Brad Jacobs against Braden Calvert. Tough week for uh, Calvert to go from Liverpool uh, out here to Alberta for this event. It'll be Mike McEwen against Peter DeCruz. Nicholas Adine against Ross White. John Epping against Glenn Howard. Bruce Mowitt and Ross Patterson. Brendan Botcher and Yannick Schwaller. Brad Gushu, Jason Gunlickson, Kevin Cooey, and Matt Dunstone. Over on the men's side, on the women's side, the first round matchups are Tracy Flurry against Corinne Brown, Elena Kovaleva against uh, Team Gim, uh, Jones against uh, Kim, Fujisawa, Kelsey Rock, Hasselberg against Shorey. I think that's a new addition from the last one. Homan against Duncan, Anderson against Rana, Tirinzoni against Walker. So a couple changes in who is there, who's not there. But usual suspects, this should be fun uh, to see how it all plays out. Similar structure as the last one, triple knockout format into the eight team playoffs. Scott, do you want to make picks?
0: Do I ever, Sean? Uh, it's It's all about picking the right teams <laughs> at the right time. Yeah. Are are you going to write this down for me?
1: I can I can write this down, yes.
0: Okay, let me think about it a little bit more. <laughs> uh I don't know. Uh are we picking one te- one team? How many teams are we picking?
1: I think we did four and you pick your winner. Four and the winner. Yeah.
0: Okay. On the men's side. Yeah. You know what? Give me in coming off this uh, pre-trials. I think they're uh, they're playing well. Okay. Give me them to make the playoffs. Give me Gushu, because he always does make the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, give me Team Botcher. I guess one thing we didn't discuss was Team Botcher confirming Canada's uh, spot in the World Championship. Uh, so give me them. And give me Dunstone. And I'm going to pick Botcher as my winner.
1: Okay, and you got Botcher to win. I'm going to go with Bruce Mowat because obviously, uh, and I'm going to pick them to win. You know, until they don't win, I'm just going to keep picking them to win. Uh, I will also go with Nicodine, Kevin Cooey, and Peter DeCruz to make the playoffs for me. And then over on the women's side, I am going to go with Hasselberg, Homan, Anderson, and Taranzoni. With Anna Hasselberg winning.
0: Sean, did you just pick the top four teams in the world? Yeah, I did. Okay, cool. Uh, Give me, uh, you know what? I'm going to go a little off the board here. So I'm going all in on on Korea. You're taking the Korean contingent. The Korean contingent uh, in this field. Give me Tracy Flurry and Peterson uh, with Flurry winning.
1: All right, back to back for Tracy Flurry, according to Scott. If it ain't
0: broke, Sean, don't. Yeah. Why fix it?
1: Yeah. Uh, so one other piece of news, Scott, you did mention, uh, yes, we did forget, uh, congratulations to Team Botcher and to Curling Canada for coming through the America's Challenge, going 4-0 and against Mexico and Brazil. Looked like it was a good event out there, that uh, they sold it out, at least for the Canadian games. Uh, looks like the games that uh, Brazil and Mexico were playing against each other seemed to have a good crowd, uh, a fun event there. So uh, well done to everybody out there. Seems to have gone off without a hitch. show. Uh, always fun. Uh, I like the America's Challenge. I think it's a good idea, uh, even though it's going away as we move ahead into the next quadrennial. Mm-hmm. But good job by everybody out there to to put that on. Have some fun and, and part of the grow the game. So we will, not that we were super doubting it, but we will see Canada at the Men's World Curling Championship in april
0: yeah sean i love getting the press releases from curling canada um for everything but (laughs) having them they they really spun that last that last win for canada as boy this one was way closer than the rest but (laughs) it was 10 to 1 like i can i can understand okay um brazil played a lot better uh, than they did in the first game sure that makes sense but don't tell me it was don't tell me it's close like no no
1: but it was fun to get some updates from people in the building i know d on twitter she she was posting some updates certainly on friday night uh when when i was really watching it and seeing some videos uh the game on saturday afternoon between mexico and brazil i saw a lovely double for two uh that i believe the mexicans made so uh, there's some good shot making out there and uh just uh, just a cool event so uh so again last time we're gonna see it But who knows, maybe we'll see those teams in that uh, Pacific, whatever it's being called. Yeah, continental challenge or the continental event. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, which does lead us to just the final quick piece of news is that the Pacific Asia Curling Championship kicks off next week. Mm-hmm. So that is another one to keep an eye on for world championship qualification and looking ahead into the Olympic cycle uh, for this year, how those teams are going to do in, in, uh, in that regional championship as we get set for uh, first the, the pack and then the Euros. So it's going to be a, a jam packed month of November with those regional championships leading into as well the canadian olympic curling trials the american curling trials some other countries have have events that they still have to do uh just a jam-packed schedule moving ahead and we will be here for it all
0: scott it's uh, going to be a fun month it's going to be really fun jam-packed with curling i'm back in canada and i'm looking forward to it all right, so if you don't want to miss any of
1: that, please do subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Do the likes, ratings, comments, all that good stuff. Helps us grow. Uh, let other people know what we're doing. Just to keep the show growing. Keep us moving along here through this Olympic year. And do follow along on social media, at Game of Stones Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And do visit us over at GameofStonesPod.com. You can find all of our past episodes there, plus a link to the merch which all of the proceeds are going to the Sandra Schmurler Foundation and food banks, Canada with us matching the proceeds as well. And there was a, a story last week on the national about uh, food banks, the demand for food banks going up uh, as we head into the winter here and uh, some concerns about being able to meet the demand. So uh, we will continue to be to matching certainly. Uh, so just a, a, a concern around the country it seems so uh Mm -hmm. always always happy to help in whatever small way we can here through the show Uh, of course if you want to let us know what you want to hear on the show please do reach out game of stones podcast at gmail.com or through any of those social media channels always love to hear from everybody and let us know what uh, is on your mind as we head into again a very jam-packed month on the show so scott you are back in the country You are still, I assume, slightly on European time. We play a 8.45 p.m. Eastern time game this evening in a couple of hours. Uh, If you're the third, are you going to be in any condition to actually give me sound advice if
0: I'm skipping? Well, Sean, I I took the day off work. You know, Uh I I made sure that I wouldn't be pushing myself too hard on the the first day back. And uh, I had a nap between two and about three thirty. Okay. Then I went to the gym. Yeah. Feeling, feeling strong, feeling good. I'm feeling alert. I'm going to go cook dinner now and I should yeah. be, should be rip rip roaring ready to go.
1: All right. Are you having a brain smart meal? I'm going to have steak and, ve- and vegetables.
0: Okay. Is that brain smart? Right. I don't know. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. Well, I
1: guess <laughs> we'll see. Hey, if we win tonight, we have a chance to move up. Oh, so, exciting Big game. Yeah, big game. So, uh, Scott, we'll see you there in a couple hours when we will talk to everybody out there next week. So thanks for listening. We'll talk to you later. But until then, keep those brooms on the ice and don't dump that intern.